happens to infants when they die before they are able to understand the gospel of Christ? Do they go to heaven or are they forever lost? Great question, and we want to know. You're tuned to Evidence and Answers with your host, Pat Zucran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. Today on the show, Pat will be continuing a series dealing with a wide variety of questions that people ask. If you're unable to hear this entire broadcast, keep in mind, all of our messages are available on our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. Now, here's Pat with today's study. You're listening to Evidence and Answers, where we provide compelling evidence for faith and hope in Christ and biblical answers to today's challenges. What about infants who die prematurely? Do they go to heaven or are they forever lost? That's one of the questions we'll ask in our series here on questions about salvation or questions regarding soteriology or salvation theology. Last time we were together, we addressed the issue of can a true believer in Christ lose their salvation? Perhaps the second most popular question I get asked is what about infants and mentally handicapped children who are not capable of really making a decision for Jesus Christ or understanding the gospel? What is their eternal state? Do they go to heaven or are they lost eternally? That's one of the most popular questions I get asked and one of the most important that Christians must be able to answer. You know, in my years of ministry, I have to spend time with parents who have lost babies at birth or who have lost children at a very young age or who are dealing with children who are mentally handicapped and are unable to really understand the gospel or make a decision for Jesus Christ. And in situations like that, we must be able to give them good answers to really address the pain that they are experiencing at a time of tremendous loss. Well, how do we address this issue? Is there a biblical case we can build for what happens to infants and children who do not reach the age where they are able to understand the gospel and make a clear decision for Jesus Christ? Well, there are two positions on this. Some say that infants are born in sin and therefore because they have a sinful nature, do not inherit eternal life. Others say that God's grace extends to those who are unable to understand the gospel and they have eternal life. Well, let's take a look at the two positions here. The first position says that all people inherit Adam's sinful nature and therefore stand condemned before God. In Psalm 51 verse 5, David states, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Therefore, we all inherit Adam's sin and are all guilty of sin before God because of the sinful nature we have inherited from Adam. Ephesians 2 verse 3 says, Among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. So Ephesians 2.3 states that we're all objects of wrath. Therefore, we're all condemned no matter what our age may be. And some will state that, well, God preordained it so that they would not reach a state where they could understand the gospel of Christ. Had they been chosen they would have reached that age where they could have made a decision for Christ, but they did not. So somehow God 
perhaps ordained it, that they would not reach that age. But we all stand condemned before Christ because we have inherited that sinful nature in Jesus Christ. So that's the position that says no matter what your age, we haven't inherited sinful nature inherited from Adam. Therefore, infants who die before the age of counter, it, it does not matter because we all have that inherent sinful nature. Now, my position is that indeed children and those who do not reach the age where they can understand the gospel and make a volitional decision to reject God or receive Jesus Christ, I believe that God in his grace and mercy does extend special grace to them and they inherit eternal life. One of the reasons comes from the character of God. God is a God of grace, of mercy, but also of justice. And Bible scholars state that there is a distinction between original sin that we inherit from Adam and actual sins. It is true all of us are guilty of original sin that we all inherit from Adam. But only persons who know to do right but do not do it are accountable for what we call actual sins. Unlike adults who choose rebellion and choose to reject God, children are incapable of this kind of conscious rejection of God and disobedience, willful disobedience to his laws. And God is gracious to receive them. And I believe that you can build a biblical case for this. Romans chapter 1 verses 18 through 23 builds the case that all mankind has the witness of creation and so therefore they are without excuse. Paul says here in verse 24, his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made so that they are without excuse. Mankind can see God's handiwork throughout creation and as they study the created world around them, they can readily conclude that indeed there is a creator. Creation always points to a creator. However, babies are not able to examine the evidence and decide for God. They have not reached that state yet. And those who are mentally handicapped do not have that ability as well to examine the evidence and make a logical conclusion in case for the existence of an intelligent creator. Infants cannot mentally understand the nature of God, nor can they examine the evidence, and therefore they are not in a state where they are not without excuse, like the rest of humanity. Infants have an excuse because they are not able to receive and comprehend the witness of the creation that is around them. Another passage is found in 2 Samuel chapter 12. This is the famous story when David committed adultery with Bathsheba and had her husband Uriah the Hittite murdered. Well, as a result of their adultery, Bathsheba conceives of a child, but Nathan confronts David on his sin, and the prophet Nathan pronounces God's judgment upon David and that their child will not survive and he will die. And so for the next several days, David there is mourning and he is fasting and he is not taking care of his outward appearance and mourning, pleading for the life of that child. But then the child dies. 
and word comes to David, and suddenly David stops weeping and mourning, gets up, he shaves, he cleans himself, and then he goes to eat. And his servants are beginning to wonder, they're saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, the child is dead. Shouldn't he be mourning now? Why was he mourning while the child was still alive? Now that the child is dead, how come he's not mourning anymore? And then David gives this statement in verse 20 of chapter 12. David then arose from the earth, washed and anointed himself and changed his clothes. And when he went into the house of the Lord and he worshiped, then went to his own house. And when he asked, they set food before him and he ate. Then his servant said to him, why is this thing that you have done? You fasted and wept for the child while he was alive. But when the child died, you arose and ate food. And David said, while the child was still alive, I fasted and wept. For I said, who knows whether the Lord will be gracious to me that the child may live. But now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he will not return to me. So David here, speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, makes this statement in verse 23. He says, I will go to him, but he will not return to me. David is saying this, that I will see him again in heaven, but I can't bring him back to life upon this earth. And we know that David was a a man of God, and that he eventually went to heaven to be with the Lord. And speaking here, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, David is saying, I'll see the child in heaven once again, but here upon this earth he will not come back to me. I will go to him in heaven, but he will not come back to me here upon this earth. So it seems that David, speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, we can build a case that indeed... As David spoke, those who die prematurely before they can understand and make a willful decision for Jesus Christ, indeed, go to heaven to be with the Lord. Then we have another passage here in Job chapter 3. You know, the famous story of Job where God and Satan had this cosmic duel. And as a result, Job loses his entire business and livelihood in a single day. Then he loses his entire family. And then in a third devastating event, he even loses his health. He is covered there with boils. And in chapter 3, Job laments of all that has happened. And he states this in verse 11. Why did I not die at birth, come out from the womb and expire? Why did the knees receive me? Or why the breast that I should nurse? For then I would have laid down and been quiet. I would have slept. Then I would have been at rest. Job seems to understand that the death at infancy brought rest or peace. The term rest there is a term that believers use in the Old Testament at death, that it is not a time of receiving judgment, but indeed a time of peace, a time of rest. And that's what Job seems to have understood here. Now, there are some who teach what's called the age of accountability. And that is an age in which a child or an individual can understand right and wrong and make moral decisions. And therefore, they can understand the gospel and make a decision for or against Jesus Christ. Therefore, so there are those who teach that infants before they reach this age of accountability are not able to make a decision for or against God. And therefore, that sin, they are not accountable for making 
these kinds of moral decisions, and therefore the special grace is extended to them, and they receive eternal life. Well, what is this age of accountability? Well, Scripture doesn't say what that age is, but it appears in Scripture there is such thing as an age of accountability where there seems to be an age where children can understand right from wrong and make moral decisions for or against God. But there appears to be a time where Scripture teaches children are not capable of making this kind of decision. One such passage is Isaiah chapter 7, verse 15. Isaiah 7, verse 15. And it states this. This is the great messianic passage of the coming of Christ. And it says this. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. He shall eat curds and honey when he knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the boy knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land whose two kings you dread will be deserted. Notice verse 16. It says, For before the boy knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good. So there appears to be a time a child is not capable of making moral decisions and taking responsibility for sins. So if a child dies before this time, it would seem that he or she would indeed be extended grace and go to heaven. But they're not capable of making these kinds of moral decisions. Deuteronomy chapter 1 is another passage that refers to this age of accountability. Deuteronomy chapter 1, Moses is addressing the people of Israel as they are about to go into the promised land. And in verse 39, Moses states this, And as for your little ones, who you said would not become a prey, and your children, who today have no knowledge of good or evil, they shall go in there, and to them I will give it, and they shall possess it. Moses states that the children will indeed inherit the promised land, but the adults who disobeyed God back in Numbers 14, who saw all the miracles that he performed in Egypt and were capable of making a moral decision to obey God or not and chose to disobey God, they died in the desert. But the children, he said, who have no knowledge of good or evil shall go in there. Those who were children who had not reached that age of accountability where they could know good from evil, they will indeed go into the promised land. They are not held accountable for the sin of rejecting and disobeying God back in Numbers 14 because they were not capable of knowing good from evil. So it appears that there is an age a time when infants are not capable of knowing good from evil and lack the ability to make moral choices. But there seems to become an age, and the Bible doesn't state clearly what that age is, but there is a time in the life of that child when they are able to make those moral kinds of decisions, and therefore from then on, they have reached what's called the age of accountability and are accountable for their moral choices. What that age is, Scripture does not clearly state. One of the most popular views is that it is about age 12, or that is the bar mitzvah and bar mitzvah for young boys and young girls when they enter into adulthood. So some assume it's about the age of 12. That's as good a guess as any, but Scripture doesn't really say when that age of accountability is. But the age of accountability appears to be that time when the person can indeed make 
and understand and make moral decisions of right and wrong to choose to obey God or to reject Him. So infants, although they have not exercised faith in Jesus, they have not rejected Him as adult unbelievers have. They have not had the ability to understand the message of the gospel and to make moral decisions to accept or reject, to obey or disobey God. Therefore, from the evidence that we have examined, I believe you can build a biblical case that children and those who never attain that mental capability of understanding the gospel and making moral decisions to accept or reject God, when they die before that age of accountability, are indeed in heaven and grace is extended to them because they're not accountable for decisions that they could not make. So I believe the case is a good case that indeed those who die before the age of accountability will have an eternal life with God. Now, along with the death of infants is another related question I'm always asked is what about suicide? What about believers who commit suicide? Have they committed the unpardonable sin and are they forever condemned to eternal separation with God? And this is another very critical answer here that we must provide for we know that there are many who have walked with Christ, who fall into a state of depression and end up committing suicide. One of the most famous in recent times is the linebacker, Junior Seau, the Hall of Fame linebacker for the San Diego Chargers, a believer in Christ, the man who has devoted his life to Jesus Christ, fell into a state of depression. Many believe medical experts conclude the result of concussions that he received while playing in the NFL and fell into a state of depression and ended up shooting himself in the chest. Now, not only is there Junior Seau, but there are many others, believers in Christ, who have committed suicide. Have they committed the unpardonable sin? Well, nowhere in Scripture does it state that suicide is the unpardonable sin. Those who say it is argue that God grants life. It's only God that can take life. And so someone who has committed suicide has taken the life that only God can give and therefore have committed the unpardonable sin. Well, nowhere in Scripture does it say that suicide is the unpardonable sin. It is a sin, but as Romans 8 says, there's nothing in all of creation, nor height, nor depth, nor any power that can separate us from the love of God for those who are in Christ Jesus. So not even the power of sin can separate us from the love of Christ. And there are several people in Scripture who have wanted to commit suicide. You know, Elijah was tremendously depressed and he wanted to commit suicide. Job, after all that he had been through, also wanted to die. And so Christians and believers in Christ can come to that kind of state. Now, I believe that true believers in Christ living in a sin-fallen world can fall into a state of depression and end up committing suicide. But that is not the unpardonable sin. Those who are true believers in Christ, the sin of suicide does not separate them from the love of God. There are several places in the scriptures where believers have committed suicide. One of the most famous, of course, is Samson in Judges chapter 16. Samson, of course, fell into sin in a relationship with an unbelieving Philistine woman named Delilah, and she ended up deceiving him, and he gave up the source of his strength, and as a result, the Philistines were able to capture him and enslave him. 
And then they brought him out at a great stadium while they were having a party to taunt him and make fun of him. And as he came out, verse 28, Samson, it says here in chapter 16 of Judges in verse 28, Samson called upon the Lord and said, O Lord God, please remember me and please strengthen me only this once, O God, that I may be avenged on the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson called out to the Lord here. God answered his prayer. His strength returned. He grabbed the two main pillars of that stadium and pulled them down. And as a result, the whole stadium came down and nearly 2,000 Philistines that day were killed along with Samson there, committing his own death there in that instance. Now, I believe Samson here was a believer. I believe that he was saved because it says here he called upon the Lord and he asked God to remember him and he repented and God answered his prayer returned strength back to Samson. And as a result, Samson was able to collapse those two pillars, killing all in that stadium, including himself. And so he did commit suicide. And I believe that God answered his prayer, and Samson was indeed saved, and he had rested with his fathers there in heaven. So there's a case, a biblical case there you can point to that says suicide is not the unpardonable sin. Yes, it is a sin, but we live in a sin-fallen world. We battle against sin each day. There are times that believers can indeed fall into a state of depression. But those who commit suicide, Romans chapter 8, Paul states, For I'm sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Even the sin of suicide cannot separate us for nothing in all creation. Not any power can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Is suicide the unpardonable sin? No, it is not. Scripture does not teach that. Yes, it is a sin, but nothing can separate us from the love of God found in Christ Jesus our Lord. In my many years of ministry, I've had had to deal with parents who had had to bury infants and those who have committed suicide. And I believe in both instances, infants who die before the age of accountability are indeed with our Heavenly Father and those who are true believers in Christ who fall into some kind of state of severe depression, although they commit suicide, are indeed in the presence of our Heavenly Father. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast. We have run out of time for today, but we hope you enjoyed Pat's show. If you found this broadcast to be a blessing, please consider partnering with us. Evidence and Answers relies on generous donations from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to donate and keep us on the air, you may do so right there on our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. You'll also find that we have a wide variety of resources available to you including articles and additional audio for you to listen to or download. Evidence and Answers is grateful for our key sponsor, Highland Capital Management, providing investors with alternative investment solutions for more than 20 years. To learn more, visit them online at hcmlp.com. Join us again next time right here on the air or online as we provide reasons for faith and hope in Christ. You're tuned to Evidence and Answers. 